0: I'm your co-host Mike Broadbent joining me once again is my co-host Richie Schneider Richie we've uh, been off for about a week Um, we have some news from yesterday that broke though uh, kind of simmering behind the scenes Carl Hobbs has left the program to join George Tech in the same role Uh, we got some basketball recruiting updates and we got a little bit of football we'll cover but let's start off right off the top with the big news Carl Hobbs who has been the associate head coach at Rutgers for the last six years under Steve Peichel um has announced that he's leaving for Damon Stoudemire's staff at Georgia Tech. Um, this one, you can kind of see coming uh, based on what we've been hearing. But tell us a little bit about how this came together and, and what Rutgers is losing in Carl Hobbs.
1: Yeah, so first off, uh, shout out to our Georgia Tech site on uh, the Rivals Network. They had it first before anyone. They gave us the info, and then we we had it first among the, the Rutgers media. So shout out to them. That was, that was pretty good. Um, we, we've known he's been looking around. The man interviewed at... Mm-hmm any open position that was available within the Northeast yep. um, temple. He was a finalist for, and then kind of backed off. It was a little interesting because he was, he was one of the top three names. I heard it was a finalist for the thing for the job, but mm-hmm. apparently he called them and kind of was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm going to back off now. And it's, that was kind of weird. I don't know if you just got the hint that they were going to go younger with Adam Fisher anyway. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I'm going to back off before you guys even announce to make myself look a little bit better and save face. And, yep. um, interviewed in Manhattan. Thought that was a weird one. Um didn't see that one coming and they they weirdly enough went with the Hartford coach. He's not a bad coach, He's not a great coach, but um Hartford's getting relegated to D3 cuz their athletics department is a shit show, but whatever. And then um he just he, he wanted a job. Like he wanted a new job and there wasn't really a whole um now would Steve Pike have kept him probably? But there wasn't a whole big push to keep him. Mean, it was more like, all right, if you want to go, like that's fine. That's we understand. But um, Steve's loyalty to his guys for the most for everyone he's ever been with, he's like one of the most loyal people I've I've heard. I've talked I've talked to everybody in the basketball circles and they just say Steve Pike was loyal loyalty is guys. He'll do whatever it takes to keep them on board. Would you have liked to kept the staff together? Probably, but at the end of the day, some new fresh blood's not gonna not gonna hurt either. Cause Carl didn't really do much on the recruiting trail. Yeah, he's a big name. He's one of the best assistant coaches ever in the Assistant Coaches Hall of Fame. But recruiting-wise, he only landed two guys in his tenure here, and that would be Jaden Jones and uh, Mawatt Mag. Obviously, Mowat Mag worked out. Jaden Jones didn't, but um, not not a shark on the recruiting trail. So this, this could be an opportunity for Rutgers to get that shark on the recruiting trail, to uh, work with Brandon Knight and TJ Thompson, who have been phenomenal so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of said it all there. Uh, he's not one of the, the, the best recruiters on the staff. Those mm-hmm. two you mentioned, Brandon Knight and Tisha Thompson, are known as much better recruiters, and they're also younger. So it's much easier to relate to kids when you're mm-hmm. you know, 20 years older than them than you know, 40 or 50 years older than them. Um, I also think this is a great opportunity for Steve to kind of fix the offense with his assistant recruiting assistant yes. uh, coach hire because Carl Hobbs was responsible for the offensive game planning and the offensive sets. And as we all know, they weren't necessarily that great last few years. Um, so I do oh, think shit. this is a great opportunity for Steve to hit a home run with this uh, <clears throat> next hire. And I really think he needs to hit a home run. You can't, you know, like Jay Young was a great big man's coach, but, you know, he's obviously still the head coach right now at Fairfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that name has been brought up, but I do think the, the most intriguing name and the name that we've been kind of beating the drum for for a couple of years is Brett McConnell. Who is the associate head coach at Princeton? Princeton obviously mm-hmm. just had their you know magical run this year, getting to the Sweet 16. Uh, Brett McConnell, if you don't know, he's 36 years old, former Rutgers basketball manager, Rutgers uh, University alum. He's a guy that you know had been in consideration for an assistant role at Rutgers in the past, but I think his star is shining very bright right now. Uh, we know from sources that he got. Uh, a lot of interviews this past offseason. he actually turned down two division one offers to be a head coach because they weren't the right fit. And people can say like, why would you turn that down? There's certain programs that are just like doormats. Like you for a yeah. program, let's say you're in the, in the, you know, the, the I don't know. let's just say you're in the NEC and you've never made the tournament and you're, mm-hmm. you know, AD you doesn't have much money. You have no NIL and your stadium sucks. Your mm-hmm. facilities suck. Like, is that really a great opportunity? No, it's not. And you, you know, you kind of tie your career to your first head coaching opportunity. And if you don't hit it out of the park and you don't see an opportunity to do that, it's much better for you career wise to, to wait a year, see what's out there next year. And I think you've seen that with Brandon Knight and you've also now seen this with Brett McConnell. So are you hearing anything Rutgers related in regards to Brett McConnell right now, potentially replacing Carl Hobbs?
1: I know he's interested in the job, um, as he's been every time there's an opening. There's only been two open, two times there's ever been an opening, and that no. was when Jay Young left and now and currently. Um, <clears throat> so there there is interest in from his side. Uh, it sounds like McConnell is one of the main names to keep an eye on. The other name would probably be um, Jonathan Mitchell. He's over at Stetson, former four-star at Rutgers, uh, actually transferred to Rutgers from Florida, well-known yep. for that four-point play against uh, – was him right against Villanova. Yeah, Villanova. Yeah. yeah, to defeat Villanova at the rack, that was huge. Um he has experience playing under one of the best coaches in basketball currently in Billy Donovan. He's Chicago Bulls head coach, uh for, former four-star Mount Vernon High School, which is like used to produce a ton of talent. Uh, all-time leading scorer, Gatorade player of the year for New York. Um now it, it is a little bit of a leap to go from Stetson to Rutgers, but he also GA at Georgia under Tom Crean. Who, who's also a very good basketball coach in his own right um, so I mean he, he does have experience at that high major level now you can kind of sell the fact that he's been to Rutgers he's a big man too which is only going to help with uh, developing some of those guys down there but in the, on the paint in the paint um, and, he, and he's played professionally overseas too so he, he's got a lot of experience in basketball I just don't know if I would go that route. I think Brett McConnell is easily the best name on our list currently. Um, like you said, someone mentioned Jay Young. Uh apparently Fairfield like looked into buying him out this year, but they're going to give him one more year from what I heard. So this is where a McConnell kind of could work out. So McConnell turned down New Hampshire and he turned down NJIT head coaching jobs this offseason. He obviously wants something better. Come to Rutgers for that year, recruit for that year, do whatever you have to do for that year, and you're probably going to as long as Rutgers has another good season, you're probably going to get a really good head coaching offer. Yep. That's not New Hampshire or uh, NJIT, and you can probably get a mid-major job. And then if he leaves, maybe Jay Young gets bought out after a year at Fairfield and conspiracy theory here, and there you go. You get Jay Young <laughs> back on staff after after McConnell, and it's like uh, it's just a whirlwind of uh, good things happening for Rutgers basketball, if that's the case.
0: Yeah, speaking of a whirlwind of good things for Rutgers basketball, uh, we had one of the three uh, seniors who – You know, we're in question about coming back between Paul, Cliff, and Andre Hyatt. Uh, Came out yesterday. You guys reported that Andre Hyatt will return next year. So, crucial depth for the team in the 23, 24 season. Um, And I think if he could return to that role of being like the sixth or seventh man, that's like a perfect thing for him because he is Mm -hmm. the perfect teammate. Pike has gone out of his way to talk about how Andre will do anything for the team, Mm -hmm. no questions asked, whatever you need, coach kind of player. And that's. Pike loves those kind of kids. So I, you know, if he's the heat check guy, he could come in for eight minutes at a time, play like twenty to 24 minutes a game. That's, that's like perfect role for Andre.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good to get him back. You don't need much out of him. Um, it's just depth at this point. We noticed that the depth, then the three slash four was a, uh, was a struggle when mag went down. So just to have mm-hmm. him back on, uh, on the roster again, he's a six year guy. Um, it might not impact wins and losses, but it, it's, it's going to just impact the roster overall and you, you'll have, you'll have depth. Like that's just, that's huge. Like, in, yep. if, you know, you never know what might happen with injuries. Knock on wood, hopefully nothing, but um, Mag's not going to be back till probably December. So having Hyatt, there's going to help a little bit, just make that transition a little bit smoother. Um, I still don't think he starts. I still think he comes off the bench. And I think we, we've noticed that he's better off the bench and that he's yeah. better in that like spark plug type role. Um. I think I think Mag and not Mag um I think Mulcahy, if he returns which it sounds like he still might return is probably going to be the 3 going forward. And I
0: mean that's kind of his natural position honestly like you know when you're in high school and you're playing and I don't know how big Gil St. Bernard is in terms of like you know, mm-hmm. the northeastern schools but it's pretty big. When you're like the big fish in the small pond. It's kind of like in you know high school football where everybody who's you know a top prospect plays quarterback because you want the ball in his hands all the time. It's kind of mm-hmm. like what Paul was in high school. He was a six seven point guard because they want the ball in his hands because he can dominate everybody at that size and, and that's uh,
1: that height in, in high school. Yeah, so I think anything he fits that role just because he can he can distribute the ball. He's now he's starting to hit yeah. corner threes more and starting to hit like jumpers. Like he's starting to develop more of his offensive game, which is good. It's not anywhere where it needs to be, but I think in that role, I think he'll fit pretty well, especially if you're going to get a point guard that can shoot pretty well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a great transition there. So Rutgers had a, a transfer visitor this past weekend, and Noah Fernandez from UMass. He's a six eleven, or he's a 180 hundred and eighty pound guard. He has one year of eligibility left. This past season, uh, before he got hurt, you shoot forty five percent on high volume from three. I and mean, you watch this kid's tape, and the more I watch, it, the more I'm just like drooling over the, the prospect of having him lead our offense because he's just so mature, so patient. He always seems to—he's—he's a, he's a little bit ball dominant, which is uh, something the offense would have to adjust to. But he always seems to make the right read, whether it be to take the ball, whether it be to you know take the extra dribble. He's very quick to—he's to, very quick and decisive when there's an open shot, even if it's you know from twenty-seven feet, and he hits—he hits those shots, which is impressive <laughs> enough to see. But yeah, he'd be a fantastic addition. What are you hearing there?
1: Yeah. So um, it sounds like. <laughs> It Ver- Sounds like he's verbally committed. To be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. that's the rumor going around right now. Everyone's saying it. I just got a DM today that, or well, I got a DM I, I read today. I got a DM that was sent on Tuesday from someone up in the UMass area, and he basically just said, "Hey, good news is coming soon." And I was like, "All right, well, thanks for that. Appreciate that." Um, I'm I'm pretty confident he ends up at Rutgers. It sounds like everything went really well. It also helps that Butler landed two guards. Um, they landed so, three guards. Three though. guards. So that's not that's not sugarcoat the impact that has. Um, but this is the guy, Pike want went out, wanted really bad and he landed him. So this, this is a really good get. Now I know you mentioned he, he's definitely ball dominant, like in his tape, but that's just a bad UMass team. Like he, yeah. obviously he would have been scoring with 14.9, but or I'm sorry. That was the season before, uh, with 11.5. Right. Did I read that right. There are 13.4. Jeez. I can't talk. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely ball dominant, but it's not a good UMass team. He did only play 11 games this past season, so he's coming back from an injury, I believe. Um, so it's it's going to be an interesting role. He's going to have to adjust a little bit and take less shots. But when he does shoot, he shoots at a high percentage. He was shooting 42.8 for his career and 38, nearly 38% from three. Add that with Cam Spencer, potentially Gavin Griffith starting at the four early on because Mag's going to be out. It's it, holy shit. You went from a shitty offensive team to a good offensive team.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I was talking with Ant Wright about this. He had a, uh, a, uh, a Twitter space recently, and he said that. And I know this is a bit sacrilege for Rutgers fans, and I, I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way, but I do think that McConnell graduating will help this team. And that's only because offensively, he was so limited. Defensively, mm-hmm. he was one of the best players in recent memory in college basketball, but shooting 22% from three on decent volume, you know, his, his main go-to offensive repertoire was like these very low efficient shots. So he loved, you know, the, the shot from the elbow. He loved these like fadeaways from the baseline. <clears throat> Those shots are just like, you know, they're, they're like vestigial at this point. It's not the, the shot that the analytics tell you to take and He didn't hit him at a high enough rate that it made sense to take him. So I love Caleb. I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying bad things about him, but I do think Mm -hmm. that it might be for the best for the growth of the program that uh, he graduated.
1: Yeah, I know uh, going back to Fernandez too, some people have questioned his height because Rutgers is so used to having like a six-six point guard. Mm -hmm. Um, Even before that, like Gio was pretty tall at point guard too. Uh, but everyone's like, yeah, he's five eleven. How's he going to do it? I'm like, dude, stop. Like, that's like majority college basketball. Like this is the big 10 is the only conference that for the most part doesn't have tiny guards. But the more I think about it, like Michigan's been able to do it with, um, I forget who their tiny guard was. They had a tiny guard recently. Um, Minnesota had the kid that transferred to Texas in a car, in a Car. Yep. like there's so many tiny guards that have worked in the big 10 and they've worked at a pretty high rate. Like this is not like it's something unheard of. And yep. You, you see it more and more nowadays. Why do you think the Big Ten gets destroyed in the tournament every year? Because yeah. these smaller guards dominate these tall, slower guards. This is what yep. Rutgers needs. Rutgers needs this guy. Now you have him packaged with Derek Simpson coming in behind him. And you have a good – it's it's a small guard lineup, but that's okay. It's a good guard lineup.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, I, I think it would be a really, really good <laughs> offensive team, especially from three yep. – three guys you could realistically hit for higher than 40% from beyond the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a dangerous team, especially in March. Yeah. Um, so sure. are you hearing anything else regarding transfers or is Fernandez kind of the only one that uh, seems Rutgers is going after right now?
1: Um, that's probably the only name at the moment. Um, they definitely want to add one more piece at least if not two, I know they want to wing, um, so a three slash four type of guy because you, you don't want to thrust Gavin Griffiths into the, uh, the starting lineup, but it's not the worst thing in the world either because the guy can shoot the shit out of the ball and he'll be fine. I think yeah. I think defensively is where it, it's a little bit of a liability for a freshman to do that at the four. But um, yeah. he probably loses that starting role as soon as mag comes back too. But him coming off the bench is fine too. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. He'll
0: play a, he'll be a key member of the rotation at that the worst. Like he's going to be playing 20 to 25 minutes, same as mm-hmm. I guess he's alone.
1: You're good.
0: Sorry about that. He'll be playing a huge role. It might not be in the starting lineup, but I think starting lineups are a bit overrated. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just because you're the first one on the court doesn't necessarily mean, uh, you're the most important player on the team. Um, but yeah, and, and something that I thought was key for Gavin to say in, i was reading a couple interviews with him when he committed he was talking about how you know he's got a really good offensive game but he knows his biggest area of improvement is defense and he knows that is one of the best defensive coaches in the country and he can't wait to to get in there to to be a better defender and Mm -hmm. i mean defense is so much about you know will and want to like you have to want to be it's just effort you have to want to give the effort to be a good defender and that's you know, 80% of being a good defender is wanting to be one. So,
1: yeah, good to hear from him. Makes sense. Um, I know we're going to transition to a different sport in a sec, but I forgot to mention one other name for, well, not name anymore. Um, I know Steve Peichel was very interested in Derek Kellogg and to replace um, Carl Hobbs. Derek Kellogg was the UMass assistant coach. He he played at UMass from 91 to 95. I think that's, when did Pike play? No, Pike was right before that, right? Yeah, he was, I think, like, the late 80s playing yeah so i mean they they've, they never crossed paths in terms of coaching with one another but kellogg uh, coached under or played under calipari coached under calipari at memphis and then got a head coaching job at UMass. he's back at umass again as assistant coach uh he just got hired by creighton i think the other day uh okay. so yeah i know i know pico was looking into him because it's not like this yes the carl hobbs news was just gonna announce yesterday but a lot of people knew it was happening for longer than that yeah. um so I think we posted on Tuesday, I believe it was, um, Monday, I forget, whatever it was. Um, so even then, like the staff knew more, more than likely way before that. So it seems like he was option kind of number one for Pike, but, uh, I don't even know if I go that far. I know he was just one of the main options that Pike really was intrigued by. I kind of wanted him to get on staff, but Creighton ended up getting them. So now we're looking at Brett McConnell and John Mitchell as the next two names. Um, other names, I know we didn't mention really other, other names. We have 10-plus guys on our hop board. Uh, I, I, would, I would keep a close eye on Ricard at Stony Brook. He's been with Pike forever. He was technically at Rutgers for, <laughs> for two months before um, going back to Stony Brook where he uh, – I forget what it was. It had something to do with his wife and being closer to her. And I know it's Stony Brook's not far, but – he, he just wanted to go back there. He's actually been the associate head coach of both the men's and women's programs in the past, which I found super intriguing um, just because it is it is a totally different game. But he was considered Pike's offensive coordinator at Stony Brook. So I, I, maybe he's not the best recruiter in the world. I don't really know um, how he recruited at Stony Brook, but he was uh, named one of the top low major coaches, assistant coaches in... Uh, I think he was a... T- and he was also a top five American East assistant coach during his time at Stony Brook as well, so... He's he's not in a high major level, but he, Pike knows him, and like I said before, Pike trusts his guys. Pike's all about loyalty, and his offenses were pretty damn good at, at uh, Stony Brook. So that I would keep an eye, a close eye on him. And plus, if he was the offensive coordinator, he's been the Rockers. Maybe now this time around, it's like, hey, hear me out.
0: Yeah, totally. And it seems like Pike t- tends to kind of stay within his family tree when he's looking to hire. So. <laughs> will be interesting to see uh, what other names kind of emerge as candidates because obviously, you know, the Hobbs News just broke yesterday. And so this will be an evolving situation, um, especially if McConnell does not end up being the choice.
1: Um, Yeah, of course.
0: Before we move on to another sport, I think there's something uh, very juicy we need to talk about. Obviously, class of 2024, we have one of the best commitments in the country from Ace Bailey, Georgia kid plays on an AAU team in Georgia called AOT. I don't, I forget what that stands for.
1: Athletes um, of tomorrow.
0: Athletes of tomorrow, uh, run by yeah. uh, Omar Cooper. Or Sharif. Omar Cooper. Omar um, Cooper. Uh, so, the USA Men's National Junior National Mini Camp was in Houston over the uh, Final Four weekend. I don't know if Dylan stuck around in the Southeast or flew back out into Georgia to join Athletes of Tomorrow for some AAU games. That happened last week, which was obviously great content for you guys, or for us, because, you know, that was any clip of, <laughs> of, uh, of Dylan and Ace playing together was guaranteed to just get crazy yeah. engagement. Uh, what are you hearing about how that came together? And obviously that's gotta bode really well for Rutgers that these two are getting that close.
1: Yeah, I, I I see the dukes. I I see what they're posting. Shut up, dude! Like the fact that like they're like it's <laughs> it's they're like they're acting like it's nothing. Like they're like this Dylan Harper's from New Jersey, went to Houston to play for Team USA. This man doesn't just go to Georgia for shits and giggles. He goes to Georgia to play with Ace Bailey, who he just played with at Team USA. It's not like he didn't just have the experience playing with him. Like he just had it. And said basically he said to himself, ah, this kid's good. I'm going to go fucking play with him again. Watch this. And I'm going to go play with his other teammate that's going to Rutgers too. So it's, it's like everyone wants to talk about it's just Ace Bailey. He went to play with Jamichael Davis and Ace Bailey. So now he has experience with both of them. And you saw what they were doing. They were just chucking the ball up court. like It wasn't even like a game for them. Yeah. If it's, you watch
0: those clips, it's just they both – can create a shot for themselves so seamlessly so it's almost like they're toying with the defense like they won their one game by 30 points against another top au team dylan and ace you know the the, the alley oops the, the the full court passes dylan looking like a like a freaking five-star quarterback with some of the, the passes that he was making uh ace man i i know you want to talk about dylan but his offensive game is just so advanced for a high schooler. It is incredible the amount of moves that he has, the ability he has to create a shot from anywhere on the court at his size is so impressive to watch.
1: Yeah, they're going to – he's going to be really good. I'm telling you, as soon as, <laughs> as soon as this AAU circuit hits and he's healthy, he's going to get that number one spot. And I'm going to have that article written ASAP. I'm going to have it written pre-written because I know what's going to happen. I know mm. damn well he's going to AA, or AAU season. People are going to be like, holy shit, man, this the fucking good. Like, and I hate, hate saying it, but he just reminds me of Durant. He's so skinny. He plays that 4 role. can play defense, can shoot from anywhere, can score from anywhere. He's athletic as fuck. He's just – it's like a Durant mold almost. Maybe Durant was Dude. a little taller, but –
0: He's a little bigger. Durant's, yeah. I believe, right around seven feet now. Um, yeah, now the, he's tall. That's but the defensive, ver- the, like the versatility that we'll be able to have on the court with Ace, because Ace could play a five, and it's not a small ball five lineup. Like, he could defend centers. Maybe he wouldn't be able to defend like a Kofi Coburn, but he can defend, you know, the majority of centers. He can, he can honestly guard one through five. If you watch him, yeah. he is a very, very good defender as well. Um, but just like the 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 flexibility we'll have with our lineups with Ace on the court is going to be awesome. Um, but Dylan, man, the more they hang out, the more you feel like Dylan is leaning more and more towards Rutgers. Am I, am I off base here? No, you're spot on.
1: Um, I, I really I want to do it so bad. I said this to you off the <laughs> pod, and I'll, I'll say it on here too. I want to submit it. I want to put the future cast in, and I, I might just do it. I might actually do it because that's how confident I am. As long as Brandon Knight's on staff too, yep, I, I don't see him losing that battle. And that's this, he's earning his paycheck recently, um, especially on the recruiting trail. If he lands Ace Bailey, got a great connection to that family. He's got a great connection to the Harper family. Um, I, I think this is all Rutgers all the way. Uh, I think they have a really good shot. Um, and you're going to have a tandem, a duo. That's going to be incredible. And then you, you, no one wants to talk about it. Gavin Griffiths, Ace Bailey, Dylan Harper. No one talks about Delquan Warren and it's, it's messed yeah, up. Like he's, he's, he's so really good. damn good too. He's number. I think we have him up to 72 in our rankings and mm. he's only getting better. Like every time we watch him, he gets better. Um, he's, and he's just a facilitator. He's a true traditional point guard. Have that facilitator with guys that Dylan can score at will Ace can score at will. Griffiths is just going to spot up in the corner. He's not going to have to do anything. (laughs) It's going to be an insane lineup. And then they're they're in it for Lathan Somerville, who we mentioned. It's coming down to Missouri or Rutgers at this point. Wants to decide within the next month. Um, I think that Missouri visit's coming up soon, so that's going to be a tough one to hold off. But Rutgers can hold them off and kind of sell Somerville on the fact that he could be playing with three five-stars in the same exact lineup as him Um, and several other four-stars. Like, I used to... You you might be able to land them, but I, I used to make have these tweets ready for when, like when Rutgers had Mathis and they had Mokaehe and Amori and all them, and I was like, wow, Rutgers is spot, sporting an all four star lineup. Now I'm like, holy shit, man! Like they might have a fucking all five star lineup. Like I
0: know it's 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 crazy how quickly uh, Pike has elevated this program. Um,
1: yeah, it's crazy. so
0: exciting, um, so hyped. Can't wait. to uh, Just see how things go next because I think next year will be a really good team like I think we'll be better next year than they were this year which is hard to believe because you know yeah. at one point we were a four seed I I think we'll be a top five Big Ten team next year when all is said and done especially if if the Fernandez thing works out because we just need you know like like I, I love Dirk, but I think he needs a year to kind of learn how to be the the main guy uh last year he was there out of necessity like Sometimes guys have to play because there's nobody else to fill in that role. Like, yeah. for football, you know, Gus Salinskis, look at what he did. His true freshman year, he started at center, and then he didn't really play at all last year. That's because, and honest said this, he played before he was ready. Now he's ready. Derek got thrust into a role he probably wasn't fully ready for but showed flashes of brilliance. I think with a little bit more seasoning, he could be a very, very good player. Now... Yeah. Is there anything basketball related you wanted to, to touch on that we didn't touch on before we move on to football?
1: Yeah, just real quick scheduling. Um, someone just asked me what the rumors are with scheduling currently. Um, obviously, you'll see like John Rothstein and all those guys are tweeting out all kinds of confirmations of games, home and homes, uh, neutral sites, et cetera. Don't expect Rutgers in one of those tournaments. They're not going to do it. They're just, they're not about it. It's fine. I'm not happy about that. Whatever. Uh, the Bahamas thing bahamas thing i'm going to shoot down uh we talked to richard kent about it the other day he he mentioned that it's probably not happening despite some rumors from um media members near ruckers so that one's not happening there will be an mte technically at the rack they do this every year it's some like random no-name mte Um, i shouldn't say random no-name i actually don't know who the guy is that it's named after but um it's going to be like, it's going to be low level schools. It always is. It's like, like they're, we know they're playing long Island. So it wouldn't shock me if long Island, say central Connecticut in, I don't know, Fairfield or sacred heart. We do know Fairfield is supposedly on the schedule. I don't know if that's going to be another, uh, fundraiser game. Like it was last year or not, or it'll be actually a scheduled game. We'll kind of wait and see what happens there. Um, and then they have an out of conference game at MSG. They just, Kind of figuring out what the opponent's going to be. It could be Providence, could be St. John's, could be Gonzaga, but it sounds like Gonzaga's probably out of that one because they're, they're being big babies about it, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Sorry. interesting. I'm just, just going to call them out. Okay. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's on them. <laughs> it's interesting
0: hearing like, the behind the scenes machinations of how schedules formed. Um, yeah. It's not like Rutgers hasn't tried to add some marquee teams. It just hasn't worked out. Like the Baylor and gonzaga like we had some big time matchups lined up it just didn't work out uh,
1: they had gonzaga on the schedule last year and we backed <laughs> out again like i don't know what to tell you like i get it you don't want to come to the east coast you don't want to play at the rack Rutgers is giving you an opportunity to play at msg right now that's that's your your uh, opportunity and they're gonna have a, i don't think they're gonna have a good team next year either so no we'll see
0: um, yeah, cause they lose so much, uh, Drew Timmy obviously meant so much to that team and he's not a Chet Holmgren level recruit walking in the door. So they might see a, a little bit of a, a
1: downturn,
0: but they're still a great program. So they should, yeah. should still win the West coast conference or at least come in second. Like same they're going
1: to get Taron Armstrong too. So that's, yeah, it's yep. a pretty damn good transfer. Absolutely.
0: Uh, let's talk a little football. So football is now in week three of spring practice. Um, they have pushed their first scrimmage back from this past Saturday to this Saturday, which mm-hmm. is a bummer because uh, I went to the past uh, weekend's practice expecting a scrimmage, and it ended up not being scrimmaged. But that's yes. that's besides the fact. Um, so <clears throat> it sounds like they have a pretty good visitor list in the upcoming few days. So let's talk yes. about who's coming to visit for Rutgers.
1: Let me find that. I know um, – actually, we could just start off with the guy who did just visit. Um, and Colin Cubberly. uh, he was on a two day visit, which I found pretty interesting for a guy of his caliber. I think he's a high three star for us right now. I want to say he's ranked number three in New York currently. So it's back to New York again for Rutgers recruiting. Um, he's an intriguing one because Wisconsin made a little bit of a push for him, but it seems like they're kind of shifting their focus towards Marcus Harrison, a different offensive lineman who's massive from New York. He's like, they're both in a six, 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 seven range. Um, Cumberly if you see his pictures, you just look at him and he says, I think he's a legit 6'6", 310 pounds at least. Um, he came to campus, so that was good to get him back. Um, I think they have a decent shot at him. Corey Duff, the tight end, wide receiver, whatever you want to call him, um, from St. Anthony's uh, came to campus. He scheduled an official visit as well. Uh, this was all on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Um He uh, scheduled an official visit to Rutgers scheduled one to North Carolina, and he's scheduling one for Syracuse. Now I don't see Syracuse as a main factor there. I think it's going to come down to UNC or Rutgers. Uh, They do have a new OC in North Carolina. So that's playing a little bit of a factor there because it's kind of to be determined how he would be used there. Now I think Duff sees himself as a wide receiver at the next level, but I, I think his build just screams tight end to me. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's not like you're just going to be like a blocker all of a sudden. Like Kirk Soroka uses his tight ends as receivers quite a bit um, or has in the past. Uh, I'm sure he'll do it again in this year going forward too. But uh, those two were pretty good. Aris kind of showed up like as a surprise guest because when we got the visitor list um, of confirmed guys, all of a sudden Aris Bathia tweeted out like, a couple hours before the next day. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like you going to, and he's like, yeah, I got to go see it again. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, uh, let me know how it goes. Uh, so it, you could get that little E-Haul combo between him and Kane and Caden Brown uh, relatively quickly. Um sounds like those two are getting closer to a decision. I don't know how close, but we have a future cast in for Brown. I think if Brown goes, I think his former teammate in uh pop Warner ball, Duff will end up committing. And then I think Ares, is right there it's an all New York class again. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, other than that today, Benjamin black will be on campus. He was actually on campus yesterday as well. He's another tight end they're looking at. Um, he's 6'6, 230 out of Miami. Um, as I kind of mentioned before, Scirocco uses his tight ends a lot. So they want at least two in this class. Corey Duff, like I mentioned, could be kind of a receiver tight end, but this is more of a, I mean, Blackburn's a pretty good wide receiver, too. I I shouldn't say he's just a tight end, but those two are good. Uh, Blake Woodby, near five-star. I think he's a four-star for us. Uh, In the 2025 class, he's number 58 overall will be on campus today. Everyone's favorite uh, recruit, Nick Parisi, will be on campus today. Um, He'll be joined by Alex Menji, who's another tight end. A lot of tight ends on campus. Um, And Teddy Foster, I didn't even mention, will be on campus Saturday for the scrimmage. Cardinal Mooney High School, former high school uh, or head coach. Jeez, I got to say this correctly. Safeties coach Drew Lascari, who will be talking with us today, also was the head coach of Cardinal Mooney a couple years ago. So there's a good connection there. Teddy Foster loves Rutgers. His recruitment has a couple big offers. Um, I He was being pushed a little bit by Florida State, but it seems like they're kind of backing off. I think Rutgers could land him on Saturday. I think they have a really good chance. I've had a I close idea for submitting a future cast for him. I'm a little indifferent, um, but he's a very, very good cornerback recruit. Uh, he's that tall, lengthy corner that Ru- uh, Greg loves at six two, one seventy, two170 I think Rutgers could land him. And I think Rutgers could land at least four of the guys I just mentioned. So I think uh recruiting's going to start seeing an uptick, especially with the spring game coming up. I think they'll land probably one before the spring game. I don't want to say for certain if it's not before the spring game, it might be the day of the spring game. So let's we'll kind of wait and see.
0: Very very interesting. Yeah, it uh, sounds like yeah, it sounds like recruiting's going pretty well for uh, out of state kids right now, but not necessarily mm. in state kids. Um,
1: That's uh, gonna be an interesting one. See how that one finishes out.
0: So, what else football related is there worth talking about? Obviously, can't say much about what you've seen at practices. Uh,
1: what no, else we got? Hate on the hype, but they're not building hype at all. Like. Yeah. It's, it's funny because someone on our boards didn't ask the staff yesterday, or ask our experts yesterday. Um, he, They're like, "What? why is there no football content? I'm like, dude, look at this, this spring practice hub we have posted. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine six, seven, eight, nine. Nine player stories on on top of four other practice notebook stories on top of nine videos on top of a million tidbits that we can give away. We can't give out much. We give out as much as we can. Um, And they're... In terms of social media, they're not really posting a whole lot either. Like they posted the Mike Higgins clip, which was pretty nice, mm-hmm. of that really nice catch, but they haven't posted another clip or photo since. So it's like, yep. they've only posted photos once, twi- photos twice, and then they posted the Mike Higgins clip, and that's that's it. Like that's that's all we can kind of talk about. We're not allowed to talk about what is seen in practice. We're not going to be allowed to t- talk about what's seen in the scrimmage. Um, as nice as the Mike Higgins catch was, I, I just I'm looking at it again now. <laughs> Evan Simon really understood that, ball. That was, that was bad. And yeah. it, I don't want to say it looks like a duck, but if it quacks like a duck flies, like a duck, it's a duck. <laughs> um, not good. Um, yeah. but a great catch, great catch by Mike Higgins. And I think he's going to see a pretty big role this year because he's probably your second best receiver at tight end right now. I'd argue it's probably still Johnny just because Johnny is more experienced, but I think Mike Higgins ceiling is a lot higher than Johnny's. Um, and then everyone wants to talk about Kanopka because we talked to Kanopka recently. Yep. And um, he gave some good quotes, but n- nothing crazy. So we'll see what happens. They're going to use a ton of tight ends, two tight end sets, I think. I think that's just Kirk's MO at this point. Um, and it helps with blocking too, especially when you know not am blocking up front. There's another tight end up there, which just another blocker is just going to help. So now yeah, time to I... talk about, about the team.
0: I think if there was to be any breakout offensive players, it probably would be at tight end. Because if you look at guys like Mike Higgins and Victor Konopka, they have Mm -hmm. like the prototypical build for a modern tight end in terms of Mm -hmm. size, in terms of wingspan, in terms of having that athletic ability, in terms of, you know, being natural pass catchers um, that the receiver core doesn't really have. You have a guy, like most of their receivers are fairly small. And, you know, if they would have broken out, they probably would have broken out last year. Like, I think a guy like Rashad Rochelle has some serious upside, but he's still young. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, it's like Seer Brantley hasn't uh, – I don't think he's with the program yet, right? Um, uh,
1: Nassim Brantley? Uh, yeah. No, he's with the program. Okay,
0: yeah. so he's recovering from an injury, though, because he had that knee injury end of last season. So uh, between a guy like him and potentially adding another receiver in the portal, um, I think that's kind of where our offense is going to lean this year, his – Guys who may not uh, be practicing with the team yet. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's uh, we when we talked to Brock the other day, and he he's a, he's quite the character. Um, he talked about Brantley's experience and his skill set, and kind of mentioned he's he's kind of said he's going to be an integral part of this offense, which we kind of knew already because mm-hmm. they they don't have anyone at wide receiver with experience, and he's the guy with the most experience. Um, he needs to get stronger. I think. I think that's kind of the case for most wide receivers. But he can play, uh, play pretty much anywhere. Um, Brock mentioned he's probably one of the outside wide receivers, which not a surprise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they, and then he mentioned Rochelle can kind of be a plug and play. You could kind of put him anywhere. That's why he played running back, and he's not afraid of contact, which is the main reason why he played running back. Um, other than that, you can't explain why he played running back at all. But um, <laughs> I, th- I think he'll be a pretty solid receiver as well. Um, they they need a transfer it's I, without question i said it on the boards and i know they want a wide receiver i know they want a uh offensive lineman i think you need two wide receivers i think you need a tight end and i think you need at least one to two offensive linemen um they they need help on offense in my opinion i don't think that's going to change I, i've been saying that from before spring practice and, and it, it's just they, they need help on offense there's not a lot of experience there i think you need a wide receiver one and i just don't know I think the portal actually opens this weekend, right?
0: Um, I don't know when the, new, the next portal window opens. It's it's soon, though. It's in mid to late April.
1: Um, I can tell you in a second. I believe it opens this weekend. Yeah, spring window. 45-day period set to open on April 15th, so that would be Saturday. So they need to get on that ASAP. Um I don't even know who's in the portal currently from the last go around. Yep. I know Jaqueline Jackson just did visit, um, who was it, Miami? Who oh, is he, he like? Uh, was it Miami, right?
0: I mean, I know he was talking to Miami. I don't know. If, I haven't kept up with where he visited, though.
1: I believe he just visited Miami. Um, yes, he was at Miami this weekend. Um, if, if Miami wants him, it's going to be hard to keep him away from that one. Yep. Um, they need receiver help too. He visited West Virginia after visiting Rutgers. So it's kind of down to those three, if I had to guess. I don't know when a decision is expected just yet, but I know he we, we posted the article with quotes from him. Uh, he liked the Rutgers visit a lot. Um, I found it interesting. His quote from the Miami visit, now this might just be a lyric and I might be missing this completely. It said, came a long way, but this ain't where I want to be. Now that could mention, like, I don't want to be in college. I want to make it to the league. Mm-hmm. I wanna don't want to be in Miami. <laughs> mm. Um, so we'll see. I don't. I don't know. It's definitely interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to decipher some of these these captions and Instagram stuff too. It's it, it is tough, but we'll see what happens there. I'm going to say right now that he probably doesn't end up at Rutgers, and I think Rutgers is going to have to go elsewhere. Um, but you need a wide receiver so 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 bad, so yeah, I just don't know where they go for it.
0: Yep, amongst other positions, probably. Um, but we've talked about that a lot. Uh, between needing an probably an offensive lineman, at least one um receiver. Um, if we're being real, probably quarterback, but we know that's not going to happen either, so yeah,
1: no, that won't happen. So um, we'll just kind of wait and see, I guess, at this point. Um, I think that's it, right? For the most part,
0: yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks again for joining us guys. If you haven't already, a lot of you have rated and reviewed us um, on the different podcasting apps. And we really appreciate that if you haven't yet um, and you, you listen to all our pods, don't know what you're waiting for, man uh, or lady, uh, please do it. It really helps us gain more of an audience, which helps uh, get it in more people's ears, which helps us get better interviews. And, you know, we've talked to a lot of people on this podcast because of the, you know, listeners like you who've helped grow the, the show.
1: Got a guest uh, we on Monday.
0: A, we do have a guest coming up on Monday, a Rutgers football alum who uh, everybody should know. Um, longtime NFL player for Rutgers football, so that's exciting to, to to keep an eye out for. Who will be also attending, I believe, the scrimmage. So yes, so uh, he might be able to say some things and not get in trouble for it. So definitely give that a listen. Uh, subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. be really appreciated. Uh, but for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. It's